Do you ever find yourself confused when it comes to health and fitness? Have you been searching relentlessly on the most effective ways to achieve your fitness-related goals, only to find yourself even more frustrated? Well, we've got you covered. It's time to learn from the best, shorten your learning curve, and truly understand how to achieve your goals without spinning your wheels and wasting precious time. Welcome to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. Welcome back to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Perry, and I'm here with Brett Jones, the man, the myth, the legend. Brett, how are you doing today, buddy? Fabulous, my friend. How are you? Just, uh, you know, just living the dream. It's a beautiful day out, so uh, I can't complain. Even, even if I was going to complain, no one would listen anyway. So uh, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Exactly. <laughs> my, my point, exactly. Well, that was a layup. That was, <laughs> that was, uh, that was a layup. That was an underhand softball um beer league pitch right there so um well done though i'm glad you uh you know you had a a proper response uh so that's that's the age old uh what's the most important thing in comedy ask me what's the most important thing in comedy exactly no you're supposed to oh yeah what's the most important thing in comedy timing yes (laughs) timing (laughs) you put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable um anyways today we're going to talk about travel and training. And we're going to talk about, you know, a way that you can approach your training regimen and your training program when you're on vacation, but also when you get back, what that's going to look like, whether it's a vacation or whether it's a work trip, because, um, you know, there's, there's so many factors that will influence how your body responds, like sleep, nutrition, hydration, all of those other things. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And, uh, you know, the first thing I'm going to talk about, and, and I'll start us off here, is um, if you are traveling, and this is just an opinion, if you are traveling for a vacation, for uh, for the opportunity to slow it down and do other things, don't worry about maintaining your exact same program. And here's why: it didn't, you know, you don't you don't get fit in a week or ten days, and you're not going to get deconditioned within that time. Now, that's not an excuse to go and, you know, eat everything in sight and completely trash your body, but have some fun, have some fun. And Brett's, Brett's shaking his head. He's like, that's, that's a perfect yes, it excuse. Is. That's a perfect how much, excuse. How much weight can I gain in 10 days? And, and uh, you know, you're laying in bed, just covered in crumbs. Um, this was the best vacation ever. No, but, uh, you know, in my opinion, people ask me all the time, you know, what should I do on vacation? And uh, one, I think you should stay active. I think you should do what makes you happy. But at the same time, um, it's okay to, you know, to indulge a little bit to, uh, you know, to, to have an extra drink or, you know, some dessert. But, you know, it's what you don't want to do is completely trash your body, eat everything in sight, go off the rails and then get out of your routine. So you want to make a decision that's going to allow you to, you know, maintain what you have. Um, but also when it's time you know, get back right into your routine. And yeah, maybe if you gain a couple pounds on vacation within, you know, within a week or two, everything's going to sort of level out and you'll get back into your routine. So, um, you know, that's, that's the first thing that I would say is if you are going on vacation, um, and you are trying to truly, truly enjoy it, don't necessarily worry about getting every single training session in and for it to be perfect. You can do something. Um, you could even walk a little bit more, just do, you know, a different type of workout. Maybe you go to a, hotel gym and you, you know, hit a, hit some machines or just something different. That's completely fine. So that's, that's the first thing that I want to cover. And then after that, um, 
travel can, can absolutely impact the way that you move and the way that you function. And I've, I've found that when I travel, I need to take a little bit more time sort of getting my body cleaned up and, and getting my body to function the way that it normally does. Because man, I tell you, I've in the past, I've done, you know, done some dumb things where I go on a trip and I come back and I'm like, I'm going to jump right back into that heavy lift. And guess what? Tweaks, twinges didn't go so well. Any experience with that, Brett? No, never. Um, not that I have any experience with being on the road at all. Um, <laughs> so yeah, th this is, so go a couple of different directions here as always. Um, I'm somebody that from 2003 to 2020, uh, for the better part of 17 years, I was traveling 25 to 30 times a year uh, for three to five days at a time, uh, flying to various places around the, the U.S. Uh, very few of those trips were driving, but you know, some. Uh, so when I sit here and say in my experience of dealing with exercise and travel and things like that, I, I, I think I've done enough to have an opinion uh, on, on the subject. And uh, separating out if it's a work trip uh, versus a vacation. Um, if it's a work trip, it depends on what you do for work. If what you do for work is very physical, like I can go and teach a strong first event and I can be teaching and demonstrating and uh, up on my feet and being very mentally and physically active for the better part of 10 or 11 hours out of a day. Um, I don't need to exercise. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to squeeze in a workout over lunch. Um, some of the younger people may want to go do that. Um, I'm not going to go do that. Um, so, but if your work is you're going and you're in business meetings and you're seated and you're, you know, behind a computer for, you know, eight to 10 hours taking, knocking out business on your business trip, um, then getting to the hotel fitness center and doing a cardio and, and stretch and, you know, if they have a foam roll and you can kind of just unwind, awesome like that i think that's a great idea so there's there's different layers to that uh conversation uh so if it's a vacation vacation um and and i do this for myself and i do this with my students and, and clients all the time uh put a little extra push going into the vacation leading up to it and then just enjoy the time off yeah it's your it's your deload week uh to your point get some walks in um, we got away to Cape May, New Jersey this year, and I didn't work out once. Uh, I went for walks every day on the beach and just had a, a great time. Uh, but I pushed on my training leading into it to the point where I was like, Hey, it's a pretty good idea that I've got a few days off coming here. And then on the back end, to your point, uh, you do not just hop back in right where you were. Um, I, as we've discussed on this podcast and in other uh, venues, I am not a garage kept single owner that was only driven to church. Uh, I have got uh, a significant, what I would consider a, a decent amount of mileage and things that I need to keep an eye on. And when I come back from travel, um, I need to unwind. I need to open up. I need to have a, an easy session or two and just kind of get the momentum back. Um, and But all of that's just kind of built in. And, you know, we've talked about the intuitive nature of my programming and, and, and things like that. And so I just ride those waves. I, I don't um, I, I don't have a plan anyway, but, uh, you know, I, I just ride the waves of what's what's coming. And so we'll go deeper into each of those categories. Like, what do you do leading into a trip? What do you do while you're on the trip? What do you do after the trip? 
Um, and we'll talk about uh, some different strategies in each of those. Absolutely. So yeah, let's, let's kind of start off with, um, well, you mentioned sort of, uh, you know, the work trip where you are physically active and, and we're in the same boat, right? Um, where we go and we teach and we lecture. And if you haven't lectured for eight to 10 hours in a single day, it's, it's one of the most tiring things you can do. Now, as you do it more and more, you get more acclimated. But if you're new to it, um, teaching and being on for eight to 10 hours is physically exhausting. And um, most people are not going to get away with you know, lecturing or coaching for eight to 10 hours in front of a, you know, a crowd, if you will, and then go crush a workout. Um, it's just, it's, I think it's just too much overall stress into the nervous system, um, whether you know it or not. And uh, I think it's just a little bit too much. So, um, you know, my strategy when I, when I have to teach and lecture for a little bit longer, um, generally what I do is when I land, um, I try to go to my hotel room and just do a little bit of mobility and, just get as hydrated as possible. That's, that's something that I do. I've noticed that when I do take the time to, you know, drink a ton of water, get my electrolytes in and spend a little bit of time moving that sort of sets me up for, for the next day. And, um, even in the next day or two, if I do any type of work in the morning, um, it's just some light, gentle mobility work, maybe some light, light calisthenics, just, uh, not even necessarily to get a training effect, but just to kind of brush the dust off and get me ready for the day because I tend to have a routine at home, but on the road, sometimes that routine will vary. Um, but that's really all I do when, when I'm actually teaching and lecturing, um, occasionally if there's a, you know, a pool or something or a hot tub, I'll, I'll go and, and, and hang out there, but I'm not really exercising per se. I'm actually more just, uh, you know, being a little bit lazy, but that that's what I tend to do on those, on those longer trips. Um, you know, if I am, teaching for strong first, or I'm teaching a kettlebell workshop or something that's physical. Um, you know, I don't try to be a hero. I, I, you know, I will use weights that I know I can use all day. Um, I'm not trying to put on a show. I think earlier in my career, if I was doing that, I'd probably try to go heavy to, to try to impress people because I was just an idiot, but now I'm just like, give, give me the, <laughs> give me the smallest bell that I can use. That doesn't look ridiculous. And I will make sure I do a good job with it. So, I mean, it seems simple, but I think a lot of people don't truly understand or even have an idea of how to approach their training, especially on a work trip. And, uh, you know, hopefully the advice that we give everybody is, is going to help them a little bit. And one last piece of advice I would give you is if you are going on a work trip and you do decide to train, um, don't, don't try to hit any PRs. Don't try to really ramp up the intensity. Um, if anything, I would say cut the intensity down and maybe do a little bit more volume, but at a very, very manageable level. Um, and, and don't try anything new or don't try one of those exercises that, you know, you have to really prime your body up. Like if it's hard for you to do like a pistol squat or a bent press when everything's going well, that's not the time to say, Hey, I wonder how that would go because we know how it's going to go. You're probably going to tweak something. And then you're dealing with, you know, a tweak or a twinge on, on a vacation, which is not fun at all. At all. Um, so let's, let's, uh, kind of go, um, in order and in my mind in order leading into a trip. Um, and this depends on how frequently you're traveling, right? Um, I used to talk to, you know, people in the community and they'd be like, well, yeah, I, I really, you know, these, these trips to teach, they really knock me out of my routine. I'm like, what's a routine? Like I, 
I had no ability to be on a routine because I was traveling two, three times a month for X number of days. And I just grabbed workouts when I could grab them because I was, I wasn't sitting around sipping champagne and eating bonbons uh, in between the trips I was working. Uh, so, you know, I would, I, I, I didn't have a routine. I, I just, my, my schedule was chaos. So if you're traveling just all the time, um, then you're grabbing workouts when you can. Um, it's, it, it's definitely influences what you're able to accomplish from a training standpoint. Um, so if you're not traveling all the time and, and pandemic times have actually been uh, like outside of cancer, uh, the, the benefit of, of pandemic times is I didn't travel for a couple of years and actually coming back from cancer and getting back into my training, I was able to be more consistent than I had been in 17 years. In, in my training, it was, it's been great. Uh, travels picked up again. I felt some of those travel stresses again. Um, but let's just say that you don't travel that often and you're headed into a trip work or vacation. My preferred strategy for that is to push, push down the pedal a little bit. Let's, let's push a little bit. Let's, let's, let's accumulate a little bit of fatigue. Let's have a little higher volume work. Let's, let's actually get to the point where, when you're ready to go on that trip, you're like, man, I am really glad to have a few days off of training and then just enjoy the trip. Do your mobility work, like mobility work, hydration, you know, uh, all of those, that's like brushing your teeth um, to, to use a less tasteful analogy, because there's actually people that skip brushing their teeth. Um, it's like wiping your butt. When was the last time you went to the bathroom and you forgot to wipe your butt? So put hydration electrolytes. Wait, wait, wait. You're, suppo wait. <laughs> you're supposed. Wait, you're supposed to wipe. Wait, wait. <laughs> I thought that. We, I thought that hand towel that's next to the. No, I'm oh, oh, come oh, on, come on, come on! You're the one who started, and I just had to make it work. <laughs> well, I knew as soon as we started down the poop. Dude, joke, I got. Uh, I got. You, listen, you're talking yeah. to a guy with two boys and that went through colon cancer. Yes. I am all about the poop joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I threw up the softball. Um, but uh, timing. Sorry, that's that's uh, that's uh, I love it. That's that's an old joke of put it on your wipe your butt list because when was the last time you forgot to wipe your butt? Um, hopefully never. Um, and so there's certain things that are just you just do them because you're it's a day ending in Y and you should do those things. Um, so, you know, separate that stuff out of, you know, just a little bit of mobility work and stretching and going for a walk, like that stuff's just good, healthy stuff you should be doing on a regular basis anyway. But so strategy one, going into a trip, push a little earn, you know, feel like, yeah, I, I'm in, I'm in a position where a few days off is going to be a fantastic thing. Um, if you are going to try to train over the trip, a couple of things, especially if it's a vacation. Um, remember why you're on vacation. Hopefully it's spend time with family and friends. Well, if you're the killjoy that is, well, no, we can't go do that because it's a, I'm supposed to squat uh, that day. Come on, get over yourself. It's vacation. Yeah. Um, but if, if you do schedule it in and, and you do make it work, um, fine. Uh, do a little bit of groundwork before you go, make sure you know where you're going. Uh, you know, you don't want to end up in a two to three hour commitment to get back and forth to, to train and then end up with everybody on vacation being upset with you because you you've taken too much time. Um, and um, so, and then option C, which I tend to prefer option B is my least preferred option. 
<laughs> option A, push a little bit going into it so that you feel like you really need the time off. Option B, schedule it, plan it, make sure it's not going to interfere in the vacation. Option C is have the ability to do a body weight routine that will give you that sensation of having had a workout. Uh, Pavel had a, and Strong First had a great newsletter recently of an A and A, uh, a lactic an um, anaerobic um, um, strategy um, that um, just used uh, split squats, jump squats or split squats, uh, low rep, plenty of rest uh, as a way to uh, get an ANA style workout in just body weight. No, no reason to take a kettlebell. That used to be one of the biggest questions people would send. Brett, how do you travel? I know you, I know you'll know the answer to this. How do you travel with your kettlebell? I'm like, it's super easy. You don't. <laughs> Holy mackerel, they're heavy. Like, why would I want to take that as a carry-on? Why, why would I want to put myself through the trouble of, of trying to take that on a plane? Now, I'm driving on a trip here in the next few weeks, and I'll throw a kettlebell in and seat belt it in and, and uh, probably take a kettlebell with me. Um, might not. But anyway, back to option C. Have a body weight routine. Have the skills built up to where you can switch to a body weight routine uh, that you can knock out wherever you're staying with no equipment uh, and no need to really get in the way of the vacation. Absolutely. We were just in Maine and uh, we, we spent five days up by the ocean and it was an awesome trip. And we did. We packed a couple kettlebells um, and I didn't know how many workouts I was going to do. I just I wanted, you know, a bell there just in case. And I think I only ended up doing maybe one training session and it was it was some on the minute work I did. Uh, I think I did eight pushups on the minute and then the next, uh, you know, the next number came up and then I did, um, eight jump squats, not super explosive, but each of these things lasted about maybe 10 seconds. So my training template was about 10 seconds on 55 seconds off. And if you kind of look at some of the A and A stuff, that ratio, that one to five, one to seven ratio, um, seems to work quite well. And I just alternated those two exercises for 20 minutes and that was it. I got a great little workout. Um, didn't crush myself. I felt invigorated. I, I didn't even feel like I necessarily got a workout. I just felt like it was like a strong cup of coffee, right? I just felt like, okay, now we're going to go and we're going to take the day on. It really, really woke me up. And, and that was perfect. That's exactly what I needed. And, um, it, it really, it checked the box too, for me. And my wife did the same thing. And uh, yeah, so th that's what we try to do. And, and I really like that idea of sort of having three sort of ideas, but definitely check out, uh, you know, that sort of the ANA stuff. And if you aren't familiar with the ANA type protocols, alactic and aerobic, um, you know, check, go on the Strong First website. And there's a, a bunch of information from Pavel and um, some really, really good ideas on how you can attack that, whether it's, it's very minimalistic, which is cool, whether you do body weight or whether you do a single bell and some pushups, like quick in the dead style, you can get some fantastic progress by just doing two simple exercises programmed really well. Absolutely. And it's uh, just keep it simple. Um, so those, just to kind of summarize and then move into the, the kind of uh, last part of the conversation, uh, we talked about strategies leading into a trip. Uh, whether that's business or, or vacation and um, how, how you can do that strategies for the trip, my A, B, and C sort of, sort of strategies. Um, and we, we, you know, we could touch a little bit more on the body weight options. Cause I, I think, you know, one of the things people do with uh, body weight options and calisthenics is it just becomes high rep smokers. 
And there's definitely a way to uh, treat that practice as a strength practice with, if you can, some version of one arm push up and airborne lunge and um, maybe even a pistol or something like that. The jump squats and the split squats that, that Pavel had in the ANA, super simple handstand push up. Like there's just some super simple stuff that you can keep in the routine uh, that are just good. You can do that in almost any hotel room, um, wherever you are on the globe. I've done it. Um, coming back from the trip. Um, yeah, you, you land at midnight, uh, 1am, you got, you know, 20 minutes to an hour to, to get back home. You, know, you get in bed at 2am and you think you're going to wake up the next morning and crush it. Yeah. Um, spare me. Um, maybe if you're 25 and, uh, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you have a little different, uh, recovery system in, in, in place. Um, day after a trip, I'm typically not going to train. Um, I'll hit the foam roller, I'll stretch, I'll hit my mobility work. I'll just kind of open up from the trip, go for a walk, hit 30, 40 minutes of zone two cardio, really just kind of give my body, get rid of that ischemic effect, get that blood flow going, get the lymphatics going. Um, to your point earlier, you know, make sure I've got my hydration dialed in and things like that, which is, you know, now with the, the dry math from the cancer treatment and everything is way less of a concern because I, I just, I drink a fluid uh, through most of the day. Um, so, and then get back the next workout. I'm still not going hopping right back in where I was. I'm still going to have what I would consider an easier day. And then I'll get back to kind of full bore uh, training. Um, I think you save yourself a lot of trouble. If you give that re-entry time, a day or two of re-entry time after a trip, especially, and okay, if I'm on a plane for an hour each direction and I'm home and in bed by 10 PM, maybe that strategy is a little bit different. Uh, and I can get back to training a little bit quicker because I'm just, I haven't suffered the effects. Um, I'm on a plane for six to eight hours or, you know, something of that nature. And it's been a rough trip delays and we can talk about my trip to get to Italy uh, <laughs> early in May, which should have been Pittsburgh, um, Toronto, um, Venice, which turned out to be Pittsburgh, Montreal, Brussels, Zurich, Venice, uh, which turned into a very long day of, of travel. Um, so yeah, it, it's, if it's an hour each direction and I'm home in bed at a good time, that strategy might look a little different. If the trip has put some miles on me, I'm going to have one or two days of entry time. Absolutely. And I think one thing to, to really think about as well is time zone changes. Um, that matters? Nope, not at all. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Um, I was traveling a lot in the last month. I was in Vegas, Chicago and uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And you know, going back and forth, back and forth. And I was just messed up and not so much going out. Actually, the, the Vegas trip got me the most. So, you know, I go out there, I was out for three days for, for powerlifting nationals. And, and then I came back and that's when I felt it. Right. So I think a lot of people, when you go and you make that trip, if you're going from East coast to West coast, you're like, ah, it feels great. But then when you come back and you're like, oh man, I feel trashed. And you know, you're three hours, uh, three hour difference. And, um, you know, your body just is on a, a, a slightly different clock than it normally is. And, and I've noticed now it probably takes me when I'm definitely going East coast, West coast trip, it takes me about four or five days to just get my sleeping patterns, uh, you know, back where they should be. 
And, you know, we try to cheat the system and you're like, I'll just go to bed at this time. Yeah, I I find that that never really works. Um, But I I found that going, you know, back and forth in the time zones definitely screw me up a little bit. Um, And that's when I just say to myself, listen, you know, I'm working a lot. This is this is a time where my my main focus is work and not that my my training is is not important. It's just for that period of time, it, it's not my priority. So I'll, I'll check the boxes. I'll do my training sessions and I might even just maintain what I have for, you know, three to four weeks and, and then hit the gas pedal when, when I start to feel a little bit better. And I have to do that with, with jujitsu as well, because, you know, with, with jujitsu, you train, but you, even though you train, you have classes, you, you don't know what's going to happen if you're live sparring or live rolling. So you could say, we're going to take it easy today, but guess what? If you're sparring and rolling and someone else decides to go, it's time to go. It's time to go. So, um, you know, for me, I, I'm very smart about how I do that now being, you know, one of the older guys in the class. Um, and I, and I decide not to, uh, you know, I have to, I have to check the ego a little bit. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of things when it comes to travel, but, you know, I think the underlying theme is, is, is just slow down when it's time to re-enter just take, take a few days, just take a few days because I've done it. I've, I've rushed the workouts and I've tweaked something and I've hurt myself. And then I was, you know, my training took 10 to 14 days to get back on track because I was being a moron. So, um, you know, give yourself a few days uh, of a grace period when you, when you get back to, you know, your schedule, whatever that is. Um, and, and then set yourself up, you know, for the following week. And it, at, at, the, at the end of the year, or whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Yep. And there's an old training, uh, speaking to the time zones and things like that. There's an old, tra- uh, old traveling saying going West is the best going East is a beast. Yeah. And, uh, that usually works out to be pretty true. If I go out to the West coast and three hour time difference feels great heading out there, you know, you're sitting there at, uh, you know, whatever time and you're like, oh, this is, this is great. And then you fly back and your body goes, um, excuse me, the, the word, the times are this different. And, you know, this recent trip to Italy, I was certainly there long enough to adjust to the local time zone and then come back. Um, so it's, you know, it, just be kind to yourself. Um, you know, it, it, especially if you've accumulated a little bit of mileage and you're, you're, uh, as the old saying goes, you're getting a little long in the tooth. Um, you know, give, give yourself some, uh, some grace, give yourself some time, uh, unless you have a major event coming up or a major competition coming up. Uh, that could be another area that we talk about. Like if, if you've committed to trying to peak for event X, whatever that is, powerlifting meet a, a, a 5k, 10k, whatever, um, tough mutter, whatever. Um, you've placed yourself in a situation where you have that uh, commitment coming up. Um, a lot of the same strategies still apply. If it's a short trip and it's timed far enough from the event and it's actually a good time to have a deload, push a little bit going into the trip, enjoy some time off during the trip, ramp your training back up on the other side. Probably not a bad peaking strategy uh, to to get you ready for that for that event. Um, if it's if it's near go time and you need to maintain your training, you, you got a plan. You, you're you've now placed yourself in the position where you're going to have to actually think through. Okay, I'm going to be at Hotel X. They have this weight room training room. I've I've found out what they have. It doesn't meet my needs. 
what are the local gyms? How am I going to get there? Like you, you have some due diligence to put in on the front end to make sure that you can meet those commitments and maintain your goals, your sleep, your hydration, your nutrition, like you're going to have to be dialed in uh, because now you've placed yourself in a position or have been placed in a position. If a trip gets added um, where you got to, um, life gave you lemons. So it's time for limoncello and, um, you can, uh, you can make that work. Uh, but it takes time, takes commitment. And I think, you know, not many people live their lives on the road as, as I did for about 17 years. And, um, you know, for most people, it's the occasional trip and, um, you know, you, you make it work. Absolutely. So there's kind of two things that I, I just thought of is uh, one, uh, depending if you let's say you're doing a, a powerlifting meet, something that is very, very strength oriented. Um, you know, if you are really working towards a true one RM in any of your lifts, um, it can take a week to 10 days for your nervous system to fully recover. Um, I was actually reading, uh, reading some of the stuff from from Westside and Louis Simmons. And he was saying when these guys would, when these guys would max out, they would, they wouldn't do anything even close for, for a few weeks until after to do it again, because it took that long for them to recover. So, um, that's a perfect opportunity to, again, if you are going to do that heavy lift, hit it before your trip. And cause you're going to need that, that recovery and you may feel okay, but from a neurological standpoint, you may not be okay. And I, I think the strength athletes would agree. They know what neurological fatigue feels like. A lot of people do, do not understand or have never felt what true CNS fatigue feels like. And if you've ever you know, maxed out or done a powerlifting meet or even a TSC, you'll know exactly what CNS fatigue looks like. So try to plan that accordingly. The other thing is, let's say, um, you know, I work with, work with a lot of combat athletes and we have, you know, fights and we have sort of X amount of times uh, to, in a fight camp to try to get specific adaptations that we're looking for. Um, here's what it boils down to. If let's say one of your primary, um, you know, primary tools for conditioning is running, right? Maybe you take what you were going to do in that running, you know, training session, and maybe you just, you modify it a little bit on a bike, something that isn't going to be super, super jarring on your body, something that is not going to hammer the joints, right? So if you're going from, you know, running a lot of mileage and hopping onto an airdyne bike or even a regular bike, that, that change is not going to be incredibly huge. And it's not going to be incredibly taxing on your body because from a physiological standpoint, really the goal is chasing the adaptation. Um, now on the other hand, make sure that if you do change your modalities, don't go from something that was very joint friendly to something that is not joint friendly. So I wouldn't recommend, you know, if you used to go and do 10 miles on an airdyne bike in zone two, do not go and run 10 miles or attempt to run 10 miles on the road because it's not the same. The wear and tear is not the same. So if you are going to change modalities to, to sort of chase a specific adaptation, make sure that whatever you change to, you know that from a wear and tear standpoint, you're not going to beat the hell out of yourself. So if you're going to use, if you are using a joint friendly modality, replace it with some other joint friendly training modality. But the worst thing you can do is start with something or have the majority of your program be joint friendly. And then you go pound the pavement and then you wake up the next day and your, your ankle hurts, your knee hurts and everything else hurts. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've seen fighters do this. I've seen, I've seen guys do this where, you know, they go out to camp and they, they get out to the venue a couple of weeks early. Like, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to sweat. I'm like, no, you haven't been running all camp. 
That's the worst thing you can do is go running. And we know what happens when you run, your knees get pissy and everything else starts to go south. But they, you know, a lot of people think that I just need to do more and doing more is sometimes the worst thing you can do, because if you change the modalities, it's going to beat the hell out of your body. And now you're not only dealing with all of these other factors, but now you're dealing with the fact that you just beat the crap out of yourself when it was not necessary whatsoever. Well, and I, I've joked for a long time that I'm strong enough to hurt myself. Yeah. And uh, what I mean is I'm, I'm, I have a base level of conditioning, a base level of strength that's good enough to where I can hop into a variety of activities and actually push pretty hard within those activities because I have this base level conditioning and strength. Mm -hmm. Well, it's still a different stress mm -hmm. that has an impact. And yes, I have... I've woken up the next morning with a sore heel or, a, you know, an achy knee and been like, wow, you know, I, that probably wasn't the, the smartest thing to do. Uh, yet, on the other hand, and I'm talking, let's remove the conversation of elite athletes and people that are preparing for an event uh, like a fight or a powerlifting meet. If you're on vacation and you want to try something new, try something new. Like, okay, enjoy yourself, but understand that you probably shouldn't be pushing to some sort of extreme level. Yeah. Uh, Cause by the time you feel tired in that new activity, um, it's probably too late. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to yeah. be really sore the next day and you're really going to pay the price for that. But, you know, in, enjoy, do, do stuff. You know, part of the reason you're on vacation, maybe it is trying stand up paddle boarding. Maybe it is, um, you know, whatever hike or whatever, like the, you know, you, you go someplace and there's a, a great hike or a great thing to do, do it. Uh, but just know that, you know, be kind to yourself and you don't have to push to a high level and, you know, things like that and just enjoy. Um, yeah. See, I, see if you like it. I mean, just try some new stuff, but have a taste. Don't eat the whole meal. Right. And people want to eat the whole <laughs> meal. They don't want to have a little snack, right. They want to dive in. And that's, that's when they get into trouble. And I think that's just, you know, the ego and, and we all have done things to, you know, make ourselves feel a little bit more important than we really are. <laughs> Never. Except you and me. Never. But besides, so, besides so, us two, everyone else has done that. Exactly. That's, that's, I, I heard about it. On the, inter, I've on never, the never, never experienced it. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, maybe more than anything out of this entire you know, talk is just this idea of, um, you know, be kind to yourself. Um, maybe that trip you've got coming up isn't the best time to push. Maybe push going into the trip so that you can just take days off and enjoy. Um, we're going to be up here in a, in a little bit by a, a very beautiful lake. And and I, I think having a bell with me to do a little iron cardio by the lake or do some snatches is a, is a good idea. And, uh, it could be, you know, an afternoon well spent, um, or the bell will never get unbuckled, uh, out of the car and, uh, it'll sit there the whole time and wish that it had been swung, uh, or pressed. And so, um, yeah, just, just kind of keep it in perspective, um, in, in the long term. and people, well, you know, I'm not going to train for, you know, four days, five days. Okay. Did you train for the last 20? <laughs> Were you on your routine for the last five weeks? Well, one, one week doesn't yeah. negate the last five. And there's a huge difference. I, I think that people get a little bit confused. Um, now, if I was in the hospital and on bed rest and not doing any physical activity, yes, a week is a lifetime. A week is a month uh, if, if you're in that situation. 
outside of that, if you are up and moving and doing stuff, you're getting some activity. There's going to be a continuation of the training and recovery and adaptation process. Give yourself some grace. Absolutely. Okay. And, 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 and Brett, to your point, you said, you know, you're going to be going up and doing a little Aryan cardio by the lake. I don't think you're now I could be wrong, but are you bringing the 40 kilo or are you probably going to bring the 24 or 28? 32. Okay. Right in the middle. So my right point is you're, you're, yeah. you're not doing, you're not, you're not bringing the heaviest belt that you train with. And mm-hmm. that is on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so I think right there, I mean, he knows going into this, that he's going to use his sort of middle of the, you know, middle of the group weight. Goldilocks bell. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the little bit of everything, right. So the, the just right bell. So, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of different strategies that you can take when it comes to vacation or trips in general, but just remember you didn't get in shape or get to where you are in five to seven days or whatever. You're not going to get out of shape. And yes, we can talk about training residuals and all that other stuff that you get from, you know, Soviet, Soviet sports science, but just, just remember that a lot of that information, actually all of that information and the science and research that was done on training modalities and how long you can hang on to those different qualities were done on elite athletes that everything in their life was scripted from their sleep, from the way that they eat, from everything. So this is, we're talking, they were literally, you could basically lock them in hotel rooms where they weren't hotel rooms, but you could lock them and you could basically control every single aspect of their life. Because that was their main goal to, to be in the Olympic to be in the Olympics, right? And to compete at the highest level possible. Um, pretty sure that's not you if you're listening to this. <laughs> so um, you know, like like Brett said, just give yourself a little bit of grace. It's okay. And um, and and also, you know what? If you aren't enjoying your training, like you aren't looking forward to training, and I'm not saying every day you're gonna wake up and like, I can't wait to train. Um but if you're kind of getting a little bit burnt out, maybe that five to seven days off is exactly what you need to get you re-inspired to, to go out and train and, and, and to enjoy it again. Because um, if you don't enjoy it, you're probably not going to do it as much. Well, and, and that, I mean, not to bridge the conversation into an, into a completely different topic, but uh, I one of the reasons people don't exercise is they don't enjoy it. They think they have to do it. Uh, or they have to have a goal. I don't know what to train for. I'm not training right now because I don't have a goal. Don't you just enjoy training? Like I had, I had a, a lot of fun yesterday move, moving my bell around. Um, I, I look forward to training. If I'm going to go for a walk, I, I look forward to going for a walk. It's something, it, it's, I enjoy it. You can call it my hobby. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but um I think you have to reach a point in your training to where you do it because you enjoy it. Yeah. You do it because you look forward to it, not because it's, you know, drudgery. Um, so yeah, think about that as well. No, absolutely. So, well, hopefully, uh, you know, this, this conversation gave you some ideas on some strategies where, um, you know, whether regardless of where you're going, where you're headed, um, you know, just, just slow it down and realize it's not the end of the world if, if, if you don't do anything. And uh, also remember, it's the long game. It is the long game and um, the journey never ends because that's all we have is the journey. So um, any closing thoughts, Brett? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Beautiful. Um, we're going to thank you for that. I'm going to hold on. I got to write that down so we can put it in the show notes. No. K-N-O-W. 
<laughs> closing closing remarks. No, well, um, I was listening to something the other day, and it was I forget who it was. It might have been someone was interviewing. It was like a quick little meme, and it was like I think it might have been like Jordan Peterson. And someone asked him a question. He's like, they asked him this really in depth question. He's like, no, and that was it. That was his response. And it was like, okay, but anyways. Listen, guys, we uh, we really appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you did enjoy this podcast, do us a favor and subscribe and also share a, uh, share this podcast with your friends, families, and colleagues. And, and please leave us a positive review on whatever platform you've been listening to us on. So we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Mike. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor. Please leave us some positive reviews. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast.